This is the Video Junkyard Podcast. A place that appeals to your deepest and darkest fantasies. The dead whose haunted souls hunt the living. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. From this nightmare world emerges a fearsome half-man, half-ape with the strength of 20 demons. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Video Junkyard Podcast. I am Eric Branson, and with me, as always, my good friends and co-hosts, Joe Peterson and Ryan Stiskel. How's it going tonight, guys? Smashing! Um, I got Smashing, grapes. eh? Yeah, Smashing. I, got some, I got some grapes. <laughs> yeah. I got some gripes about Facebook that I like to air out. Yeah, I got a rash. <laughs> Who doesn't? <laughs> that might be related to one of my gripes. <laughs> <laughs> Facebook. Okay, let me um, let me break one something down for you guys. Uh, I think it's, I don't know if it's worth recording, but fuck, I I got I got I got some weird shit to talk about. So I was scrolling a few days ago, and you guys know how it sometimes it does like suggested groups. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I got a really weird one, and it made me question uh, everything. So. <laughs> Everything. Yeah. This is getting intense. <laughs> well, it made me. What it what is this? It, it, I don't know what I did wrong in my life to let Facebook think that it was appropriate for it to suggest to me a group that contains exclusively ca- clown erotica. <laughs> um, I was trying to find an easier way to like get into that, but no, I have to just jump right in. Like, no, you gotta just like, start with the clown erotica. It's like it, it has gone from people you may know to would you like to see some clown titties a little too quick and without warning. I felt like they skipped some subtle but necessary steps to ease one into such a point. <laughs> um, yeah, but I can't help but think that somewhere. But this is the this is the worst part. I can't help but think that somewhere in their algorithm out out of all the data collected about me there is some bits of info that makes <laughs> it confidently say no doubt he must be the type i thought you were gonna say here's the worst part is i joined the group but that's not- <laughs> so well. Well, <laughs> well that's the thing that's the thing i because they, they tell you how many people are in the group and how often it posts and it and it's yeah. like it's about 2.2 thousand people in the group and it posts roughly 10 posts a week. And I'm like, think oh, so clearly... It's a very slow clown erotica site. So. Right. They like but to paste clearly things. active enough. <laughs> <laughs> which uh, does raise some curiosities of what, what, is it, what is this community like? And, like, those curiosities be damned. Um, I can tell you this much. <laughs> Go ahead. I say, just don't ever watch that video. What do they call it? 12 Girls, One Car? That's a... <laughs> No, <laughs> no. Stay That's away the thing. From that one. So. Like, despite like, I, I think oh, if well I was played. a younger, when I was a when when I was a younger man, and and you know your personal data online didn't matter as much, maybe. <laughs> but now that I'm older, it's just there's one I don't need to confirm to Facebook that I'm into this, and two I don't need to discover something I don't know about that apparently the algorithm does. Yeah. So <laughs> I was gonna say maybe maybe they just got you pegged so well that you you're gonna. You it's know, like one those algorithms like, oh, really, really, you know, really do well, here's kind of what enjoy I think. weird clown Somebody, porn. I think somebody's part of the group, and it's suggesting a group that a friend's on. So if one of you, you know guys has something to confess... You know someone. <laughs> or somebody. This is a safe, this is a safe place. It, sometimes it'll tell you, like, friends of yours that are in the group, so you didn't have any of those, right? It was just... No, it did not. Yeah. I'm not going to name names. No, no, it didn't. <laughs> well, a couple things come to mind. First Your sacred's is, safe with me. You, you remember the the game the the six degrees of separation of Kevin Bacon, that, you know yeah. the idea that yeah. you can link any two movies together uh, within six degrees to Kevin Bacon. This could be the six degrees of separation between Ryan and clown porn. Oh God! You know what? It's <laughs> so fun. whether it's people or things you've searched, the the meta gods have yeah they they know have yeah, have foreseen. Something about you, Ryan, and 
absurdly and suggestively shaped balloon animals that they feel go together. <laughs> well, here's the thing. This is the thing that disappointed me the most. The name of the group was like... Um, fuck. Give me a second to try to think about it. It was really stupid. Clowns only. And I'm like thinking like... Ah, the fact that you don't have giggles Making and jiggles... <laughs> giggles and if j- giggles and jiggles aren't used together in some way, then I what what's the fucking point even bothering? Why not just honk honk? honk not honk. only do you not post very often, but you lit you're lazy on naming your clown. Portal. I want to join just to be an admin. Just, I mean, there's so many ways you can go. <laughs> I want to join just to be an admin to just alter. Like, listen, your whole the creative process you got here. Like, how we can we can work on this? I'll design a proper logo. <laughs> Ronald all titties. <laughs> Chose just figuring it all out. I mean, it's what. Well, here's a, it's a, it's a very interesting thing, clown porn, because I would always think of clowns as just. <laughs> there you well, go. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, clowns are usually listed as one of the most like things you fear most, and then combine it with porn. It's a weird dyad. No, like it's really oh, it totally. has to really <laughs> complicate. Yeah, that's some that's the for least of the weirdness of this. But yes. <laughs> I just think like you, it's like the weird exposure therapy that somebody with like clown phobias have to deal with. It's like, oh, Joe, you're scared of snakes. Well, for your therapy, we're going to smash your fingers with a hammer. It's like, okay, <laughs> they don't seem to be related, but okay. Well, I do love that you brought that up to start the show off, since this is going to be a, a somber uh, evening tonight. <laughs> we uh. Started with clown porn. That's very fitting, um, or not at all. But How do you make? I mean, I feel circle? like the moral of the story of my clown porn thing is just say no. But hey, there <laughs> you go. That's how they kept our entire generation off of drugs. So that's, just say no. This is what this porn. is what the Dare program should have been about. <laughs> just say no to clown porn. I yeah. think I'd rather have the drugs. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Well, if I had to choose, yeah. I don't know. Both make you feel pretty funny. (laughs) I feel like one will eventually lead to the other, though. Yeah, I think no matter what you start with, you're gonna get. You're you're gonna gonna eventually find your way around. It's it's like the inversion of percentages. You know, it's like either way, it's the same thing. Yeah. Wow. Well, on that note. On that note. Um, <laughs> yeah, we uh, did pick our movie uh, tonight based on the de- recent death of a celebrity, well, well-loved celebrity, and then related unfortunately, topics, <laughs> yeah, the uh, we just got the news last evening of the death of another um, well-loved celebrity, and uh, Bob Saget passed away, which is yeah. a, it's probably old news if you're listening to this because we're about two year, two weeks out from when we air when we uh, post these. But um, yeah, that's that's a bummer. I mean, I'm not gonna claim that I was like a giant Bob Saget fan necessarily, but um, I always uh, had this like little bit of respect for the guy because I think we all all of us in our generation who grew up around Full House and America's Funniest Home Videos and that stuff had. That moment when we found out that like Bob Saget was actually a dirty jokes guy, like, mm-hmm, uh, like you know, <laughs> pretty dirty, yeah, yeah, and uh, so like I think that gave us all like this little bit of respect, like yeah, he does, he's got his day job, you know, doing that sitcom and stuff, but you know, he, really he underneath became, that all, he's this. <laughs> he became a little bit more realistic of a dad, I would right. say. <laughs> like people were like, oh, the dad jokes, and like yeah, but. Bob Saget dad jokes. Oh, like Full House? <laughs> no, like After Hours Bob Saget dad jokes. Yeah. But and if anybody is shocked funny. by this news, yeah, anybody's shocked by the news that Bob Saget's, you know, um, best known in, in the comedy world for, for kind of his dirty jokes, I recommend you digging out a film uh, called The Aristocrats oh and seeing God. his version of The Aristocrats joke. He apparently broke the joke, is what everybody's been saying since he passed last night, that he's he has the all-time most disgusting, most hilarious version of the joke, and uh, it can't be topped, apparently. So, um, I highly recommend that film, just in general. <laughs> and yeah. if you ever find it on DVD, the bonus features offer even more, including George Carlin telling some just great jokes. <laughs> but, yeah, that's one of my all-time favorites, and uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe we'll have to uh, do an episode in the future where we tell an aristocrat's joke. Oh gosh, 
<laughs> we we had had our own version of that game going there for a while. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we, we did. Younger, but I think that might be a fun so. thing to try to do. Maybe for uh, we'll throw it on the Patreon, perhaps. Is yeah, a, uh, a, an episode of all of us seeing ha- having an aristocrats competition. There you go. Which was something. Are you guys, the reason that I got that group suggested winner. to me, because now I'm starting to wonder. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you did really push Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Now that I think about it, like Ryan, you right. have to see it. <laughs> hey Ryan, you want to see a magic a trick? Stick your hand in my pocket. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that should probably be edited out of the show. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I'll just do it again <laughs> and uh, again and again. Yeah. So you know. Uh, Bob Saget, that's a bummer. Um, we are discussing ways of potentially doing a tribute show um, of some sort for uh, Bob Saget, but this one tonight, yeah. yeah as, as as you could probably tell by the way we opened the show, is uh, a tribute to the late great Betty White, and um, it's an odd way to tribute Betty White, but this, it makes sense in the junkyard world. <laughs> hey, if I know, if I you know know anything about her, which I you know. I, I know a little about her, probably not as many as some of her big fans, um, but she had a great sense of humor. So there yeah. she, I, th- I think she'd uh, she'd approve. I think she would day, also so. approve of being in an episode of a podcast where, before she was discussed, we talked about clown porn for ten minutes. Yeah, I'd like <laughs> to think so. I'd like to think so. I feel like yeah. there's some kind of like golden girls likes Rose story. <laughs> like if she yeah. told it she would tell it in a much better way well you know and it's it's funny because you eric you, you mentioned bob saget first which was like the most recent it was like in the last 24 hours yep. um yep and you're right i think most of us who grew up watching america's home you know funniest home videos and and full house uh or saw full house or whatever you know we we, we knew bob saget as this kind of corny goofy you know very vanilla comedian mm-hmm. and then there was that moment when you found out holy shit this guy's got a mouth <laughs> and i feel like the movie we're gonna talk about tonight was at least for me and i know for a lot of other people when they had that same discovery about miss betty white yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> i think that's what made this so memorable uh, yeah. for me was yeah betty white's kind of cast against type in a way but she's so she's so great at what she does uh yeah she's hilarious in this movie and that movie is uh since you you could look down at your you know screen or phone or whatever or you could just uh we could tell you it is lake placid 1999 it has existed since prehistoric times it was worshipped by primitive cultures it can kill a man with one crushing bite. We heard a man was bit in half. Any recent bear attacks? Bears don't attack people underwater. Probably a fever then. What was that? Whatever's out there, who shot with this, he's dead. Oh no. Sheriff, how many deputies you got? You came here to help you find it. We can't let him kill it. Experience a few parts mystery. Do you have any theories why he's here? Honestly, I don't know. And a few parts <laughs> missing. It's a human toe. Is this the man who was killed? He seemed taller. Oh my God. Bill Pullman. Shoot him. No! How much of a wacko is this guy? Bridget Fonda. Mother. Oliver Platt. Maybe swim back I just have this feeling everything's totally safe. This summer, the Earth's oldest creature has just found a new home. Lake Placid. Uh, directed by Steve Miner, written by David E. Kelly, uh, sorry, as well as uh, with Betty White, uh, Bill Pullman, Bridget Fonda, Oliver Platt, and Brendan Gleeson. Um, get you a quick synopsis. This is straight from the back of the 1999 DVD package. Um, 
Bill Pullman, Bridget Fonda, and Oliver Platt share an appetite for sheer adventure when a tranquil New England lakefront erupts into an action-packed den of destruction in this monster of a hit. An investigative team armed with state-of-the-art equipment, high-powered weaponry, and a biting sense of sarcasm must work together to defeat Black Lake's most ferocious resident, a 30-foot prehistoric crocodile. Betty White co-stars as cantankerous Mrs. Bickerman, a role you've got to hear to believe, in this terrifying tale of survival that combines humor and thrills with remarkable deftness. That's deftness with a T. So. What? Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I uh, used that um, back-of-the-box synopsis because it mentions Betty White's uh, performance. So obviously that, <laughs> that was a feature of this film for anybody who was uh, mm-hmm. watching it. So. Um, what, if any, is your history, guys, with Lake Placid? Have you seen this one before? Or um... uh, I saw this one in theaters in 99, uh, and I remember it specifically because I was uh, traveling with a friend of mine out to Wyoming to go on a dinosaur dig. Hmm. I think this was my going into my senior year of high school. And we were in must have been Laramie, Wyoming, um, or maybe Casper, one of the two. <laughs> and we we ended up going to see this before going out on the dig. We were, we were staying in, I, I believe, actually, I think it might have been Casper. We were staying there for a few days and decided to check this out before we went out to the dig site for a week. Nice. Um, and so, yeah, there's, there's a little bit of a, you know, big giant crocodiles and then going and dealing with dinosaurs so i've got a definite uh connection with this one and it was it was not what i was expecting it to be yeah yeah how about you ryan this is a first for me like i, I was aware of nice. it like it's one of those things like lake placid and all its sequels showing up on sci-fi channel mm-hmm. like <laughs> yeah and like sci-fi channel that. took took this was kind of the era that kind of birthed the sci-fi channel original and they took this and ran with it and well they're still running with it so yeah yeah <laughs> And it's uh so this was a first uh but I I it, it is definitely like I I agree it's one of those things like oh this is not what I expected it to be uh mm-hmm. I mean it is exactly what I expected it to be but it, it not as far as I thought it was gonna go I'm like oh yeah. it's actually relatively tame <laughs> it's a pretty a sharp, simple little movie for a too. Jaws ripoff yeah yep. yeah. Yeah, it, it is. It, it it certainly it doesn't reinvent the wheel. It's you know giant giant, you know insert ant dangerous animal here, but in this case a crocodile. Um, but yeah, a jaws ripoff certainly. Um, well, it's like but, it's only got like three major deaths that you witness. The first one being the yeah. most graphic, and then after that, and like I won't lie to you. Uh, I hate almost all these characters but the Betty White one and I'm like oh, I, yeah. I couldn't wait I couldn't wait for any of them to die spoiler none of them fucking none do, of them do. Uh, I know. and I'm like this is bullshit <laughs> yep. it pulls that horror movie thing where all the characters are unlikable and then it lets them all survive but um, yeah it's um, my history with it's similar I, I saw it on video I don't think I saw it in theaters but probably when it was relatively new uh, expecting you know kind of run of the mill monster monster you know nature run wild giant crocodile movie and i think i we got a little more than that out of it like i actually thought it was pretty pretty well written and funny uh at the time um i think some of that humor has dated itself but um but it's still it's still a snappy script and it's well acted and it's uh a little bit better of a movie i think because of maybe the Sci-Fi Channel originals and all the things that have happened in the in the years past, um, I think it's a little bit better movie than you expect that you're getting into when you pick up a giant crocodile movie. Because I think that's uh, you know those all have their certain their certain charms, but you know what you're getting into. And, uh, yeah, I would say this viewing is um, it's the first time I've watched it in many years, and this one was definitely uh, I was more critical of it this time than I've ever been in the past. Because, mm-hmm. like you said, there's some some stuff that's quite dated that I'm sure we'll talk about. But at the same time, knowing what's become of it, it's better <laughs> than those. So it's in this weird limbo. Yeah, it's it doesn't suck, but it's not very good. <laughs> it's kind yeah, of it, in between. The crazy thing about this movie is that it's a really simple giant crocodile eating people in a lake movie. Um, Just so simple. 
Yeah, well, it doesn't do much other than that. It's like, hey, here's this freak of a crocodile, giant crocodile, that lives in this lake in Maine where it shouldn't be. You know, we're going to have all these these people come and investigate, and that's really your movie. Like, they yeah. argue over whether they should kill the croc or not, and then it's about capturing it. It's a, it's it's simple, and it's kind of um, short and sweet in a lot of ways, and um, it works. It never has that, like, third act that you kind of expected it to have where the croc, like, runs wild on a population center of some sort, um, no. which a lot of movies like this have. Um it's got also got the, the most curious thing about this movie, I think, is the fact that it's got a whole lot of talent in its cast. It's got, um, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, David E. Kelly being a writer who's gone on to do all kinds of stuff. Um, and Steve Miner directed the movie, who, uh, although maybe didn't get, you know, a lot of illustrious Hollywood fame, certainly has a lot of uh Movies, movie credits that we hear on the Video Junkyard podcast will recognize. Oh, yeah. He directed two of the Friday the 13th movies. We reviewed one of his movies, House, yep. which uh, on the... Uh, he directed Warlock, uh, Soul Man, Forever Young, My Father the Hero, um, Halloween H2O, uh, this movie, like Placid, the uh, Texas Rangers with Tommy Lee Jones. Is that the one with... Yeah. Oh, no, it's not. It's not. It's actually a different Texas Rangers movie. Yeah. Um, Anyway, but yeah, so lots of credits that I recognize in his uh, filmography as well. Um, yeah, so yeah, and like you said, Kelly's the, the, a huge the, television producer who wrote this movie. You know, you, is, you've got, like you said, you've got a tremendous cast in this with Bill Pullman. And man, this is 1999, mm-hmm. so this isn't. This is pretty much coming off of Independence Day. Right. Yep. You've got mm-hmm. Bill Pullman, Bridget Fonda, Oliver Platt, who's already done his like three Musketeering. Brennan Gleeson, who goes on to be huge. Yeah. Um, yeah. Of course, Betty White, Meredith Salinger, and Mariska Haggerty. Like, the only thing yeah. you see her in outside of Law & Order episodes. <laughs> um, and, and actually, um, oh, God, there's a, another cast member. I'm blanking on it. Um, oh, give me once. Uh, Adam Arkin is in this as well. Very oh, yeah. brief little blink-and-you-miss-it yep. role, but he's been in a bunch of stuff, Northern Exposure and Chicago Hope and a bunch of TV shows, but also um, a uh, number of... Oh, he I just saw him in a movie with a Nicolas Cage movie recently, Pig. Oh, He's okay. in that yeah. as well. So, you know, this well, movie... He, he everybody had such a weird just, character, though. In that movie or in this one? In this one. He, like, the whole segment was kind of actually unnecessary. Oh, it's, it's a... <laughs> this is... So the basic premise, right, is, yeah, you've got this giant crocodile in Maine, which is odd. But then... Saltwater crocodile. Yeah. Yeah, well. uh, Bridget Fonda plays a paleontologist from (laughs) the museum in New York, I assume is American Museum of Natural History, but they never say it. Um, And it's, I don't think it is. But she is a paleontologist. She's having a relationship with the curator or something. And yeah, it's, actually, it's a who cares subplot. Like. It's a who cares subplot. It's like it's it's office romance politics set in a paleontology lab, which personally was weird to see. Yeah. Um, but it, it was. Uh, yeah. The, yeah. The script in this one is just like you said, it's very snappy. It's incredibly sarcastic. Everybody yeah. in mean, here is kind of well, just and Brendan Gleeson's character points out constantly. Yes. Yes. I was just going to say <laughs> ah, the sarcastic. <laughs> I want to he's actually he's the most likable character in the whole movie. <laughs> yes, he is. It, in a lot <laughs> and of ways, he's not even like yeah. that likable. But yeah, absolutely. He's, he's the one that you could like. I get why he because he's annoyed with everyone else, and you're like, yeah, I am too. <laughs> it's like I'm with I'm with this dude. Um, I can tell how British he is, even though he does this American accent. But he yeah. always does these certain yeah, things. Yeah, he like, slips out of it. <laughs> well, it's not just that; it's just certain. Like he uses the word "mental" a lot. Which, you know, for anyone who watches a lot of you, uh, British media, mm. is like, that's their equivalent of calling somebody crazy. It's oh, like, Irish. oh, they're, they're mental. Oh, well, whatever. He's in, he's in British things. Anyways, yeah. he, it's the same thing. It's just like, he kept using it so often. And I'm like, I, it, this is throwing me off. Because you don't have your accent. <laughs> like it's, but you're still using the same vernacular. I don't know. That was yeah. always, but he is very enjoyable. 
Him and his yeah, tidy whities and a gun going out pissing. <laughs> yeah, it's great. I enjoy him in pretty much anything. Yeah, I really like think he's a great actor. But um, he ate like yes, two fucking Twinkies like, in the first scene. Like two. <laughs> yeah, two back to back Twinkies. That's like, so, that's that's a statement right there. That's right like, there. You're either you're either that bored or that starving. So he was very yeah. method in becoming an American character. It's like how many? I imagine <laughs> yeah. they eat two Twinkies, right? <laughs> Do I deep fry it right on the boat here and now? <laughs> um. Bill Pullman so, is not incredibly unlikable in this, but yeah, still kind of just phoning it in. Yeah. Yeah, he he's not... Usually, Bill Pullman's characters usually have a certain amount of, like, quiet charisma about them. This character, Jack Wells, the, you know, main uh, fish and game warden, or whatever he is, the county, I don't know if he's county or state, but it doesn't really matter. Um he usually had has a charisma about him like uh, like you mentioned the independence day performance like he's certainly got that it's kind of soft spoken but he's got you know kind of builds to uh this character has almost no arc in this movie and does no. not ha- seem to have that charisma about him at all he's just kind of like there he kind of mumbles, mumbles his way through it and, yeah yeah and for some reason there's a romantic subplot which i'm just uninterested in in general um, oh god so yeah. Nothing against Bridget Fonda, but her her character of Kelly is just she is she oh she is not helping feminism or any women's rights movements and portrayals <laughs> at all. This like this movie is a little rough in that department anyway. Just the, it is the, in general the, the boys club jokes and all the stuff that they yeah. Know, anyway. I, I gotta say they have tampon the, jokes in this by the way. That's, yeah, uh, they really feminine do. wipes. As well, feminine yes. napkins, yeah. Yeah, feminine napkins. That was yeah, the, and then everyone um, gets a good chuckle out of that. <laughs> I, I have anyway. to say, yeah, the, the, the portrayal of a... Okay, here's a, a, a paleontologist who's a woman, and she is just not a field person. And is, Yeah, I was you know, going to ask you, how does one get to be a paleontologist without being a field th- person? There, there, are, there are a number of people that do most of their work looking at museum specimens. I mean, museums have more stuff than's been published on. You know, I mean, right. there's, there's, there's unopened jackets of bones that were collected 100 years ago in a lot of museums. There's, nobody's gotten around to opening them yet. But they're at least protected, right? So there are a lot of people that do their work on... Met, you know, maybe uh, morphometrics or something like that. Maybe they don't do a lot of field work, but it's unlikely. I don't want to say unlikely. It's not as common. That she's afraid a... of bugs and's never slept in a yeah, tent before. Yeah, that's the kind of <laughs> stuff that's like okay. You know, there's people I know of that don't do a ton of field work, but they can do. You know, they 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 know some basic things. They're not like that. Oh, not like carrying a can of Raid and spraying it and within just two feet of someone's face. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. that kind of stuff. It's just, it's, I don't want to say it's impossible, obviously. I mean, there's some people that, you know, of course, that don't do any field work, maybe because of disabilities, and that's totally fine. Or they just, they don't need to a lot because of the type of work that they're doing. But the, the way that this is, it's not done in a way like that. This is like, she's not good in the field because she's a woman. And that, yeah, that's something that has not dated well at all nor was it good then well the treatment she gets from the other characters just even though it's meant to be humor like it's just there's some jokes that are definitely dated like and even to the point where it's i feel like even in 99 it was close to cringeworthy uh and definitely now it's like (laughs) Um, well it's like a back and forth of just like she calls everyone dirty hicks and then yeah, like that too. vice and every everyone's like oh look she can't fucking she's a city person can't handle uh the yeah, basic they get, outdoors they have that going on and i think that was a little bit of what they were getting at even with some of the like gender related humor uh that these guys are you know they're rural people so they're making these off-color jokes and stuff but at the same time, like none of these people seem that rural to me because no. I grew up around rural people. And same, yeah. They seem like pretty normal people. Like <laughs> I, I don't know. So even the even the sheriff, who they I think they tried to make him out like some kind of Don Knotts type character, and like, he seems pretty decently competent. I mean, right. at least as much as anyone. I mean, like, yeah. I, I I think considering that you know it's a, a giant saltwater crocodile in a freshwater lake in Maine, 
yeah, I think everybody's handling themselves quite well. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, as mean, far as locals go. She, um, going back to, like, her character, they even do, like, that's not helping women in a scientific field, especially at this time. It's like, her, she's having an affair with her boss. Yeah, there's that. Yeah. And whose friend is also having an affair with the boss. And that the boss and friend are like, the reason that she's there, she she theorizes, is because they, they sent her off. Because they didn't want to deal with her. She needs to cool off. Yeah. Right. And mm. you kind of want to feel like, oh, some sympathy. For, but why is this in an alligator movie? It's, uh, but then, yeah. and then she just, and like... Watching her interact with everyone, I was like, you you kind of suck. Like, you're not... It's hard. I don't have any sympathy for you. You're kind of a rude and terrible person. Like, I think there's a reason there was a fair. And I don't think it's, like, the worst reason, probably. <laughs> and Jack Wells, Bill Pullman's character, is making some mistakes. If... if well, they, even... They have zero chemistry on screen oh, God, together it's horrible. <laughs> however they are both equally uninteresting so maybe they kind of deserve each other anyway so it's like it is it is um you know for for a movie that is 82 minutes long that's a long 82 minutes of watching two people engage in the most awkward flirting of all time yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's just like even the last line kind of thing of the movie when you know she's like jack start the truck it's just said in such a weird way yeah the, like bill pullman and bridget fonda had no chemistry i wouldn't be surprised to like read like oh they didn't care for one another because they really seemed like people that just did not well, gel like there was no chemistry there at all gleason and and platt's character had better chemistry they like, really I, did. Yeah. I believe that they were gonna actually hook up in the end like in that whole fucking like <laughs> ambulance scene like i guess i'll go with them and i'm like in my fanfic that's who we should have fucking followed really like, it turns out they actually had a really close bond, and they get really close and ha hot and heavy. And then, like, <laughs> Hector, the character of Hector goes, wait, 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 wait. Pulls out, like, a red clown nose and puts it right on Oh, God. On it. It's like, that's better. <laughs> Save it, Ryan. <laughs> oh, come on. Save it for YouTube. Um, this is where this is Facebook, where the, the, Joe. Yeah, this is where they're it getting it. It was Facebook. It. <laughs> it's up to you to bring it to YouTube. That was what the what, something I wanted to talk about is the uh, other, like, lead actor. And this is Oliver Platt's character, yeah. Hector Sear. Oh, um, God. What did we think of that performance? I actually, I remember from seeing this the first time, probably in, like, 2000, thinking Oliver Platt's performance in this movie was hilarious. I thought, like, most of what was humorous about this movie came from him. I was not quite so taken with him this time, although <laughs> he wasn't un... There, he's got moments, but... He, yeah. he, he, I mean, he's, his character even states it himself very frequently. I'm fat, I'm rich, and I'm eccentric. <laughs> like... Yep. <laughs> yep yeah nailed it you you're um, not there's nothing more here <laughs> i it's it's uh it's funny because i know people like him and i yeah. didn't when i first saw this movie no no <laughs> and i've since discovered and again i'm just coming to this because this is a movie it's one of the the handful of movies that we've reviewed on the show where one of the characters is a paleontologist and yeah. in this case, this guy shows up and she's like, Ugh, I know him. He's worked with our museum on some projects. And you've got this wealthy, eccentric benefactor, this person that is involved with paleontology or herpetology or a museum or a university group because they have the funds to do stuff. They like to promote the science, but really they're there for the thrill of it. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And they're they're a, they're a very odd group of people to deal with because their motivations work well with yours, but they're not the same. <laughs> so, as long as they work well, it's like okay. But you know, it, and nobody's over you know stepping on each other's toes. It can work out, but in many cases, it also t eventually fizzles out because your motivations are in fact different. Um, and so re-watching this movie and seeing the character of Hector um, and, and Oliver Platt's sarcasm in this personally, yeah, it's dated. It's really dated. 
but uh, yeah, I, I've I've met people. Nobody, I wouldn't say anybody this bad, but I I don't think this role was based on anyone in particular. But I could name a handful of people off air <laughs> that it reminds me of. Yeah, put it that way. Yeah, I love gossip. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <Dude>. <laughs> One of them involves it it, it. it tangentially involves Epstein. There's something else for the Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, yeah, if you want the dirt, you got to pay for it. Yeah, I'm gonna <laughs> give it away for free. It it did lead me to another question I had for Joe, and that's: Do you guys usually bring a dance tent with you in the field? Is that a, a regular thing, or as, the year as, that I was no. out with you, we, we were sans dance tent? So no, we, was... we and, and Ryan, you saw there was no dance tent in the field. I mean, I'm not going to deny that there wasn't attempts, but no, there was not. There, no, I mean, well, <laughs> think of it. Okay, think of paleontologists dis- like wedding dis- crashers only at campgrounds. No, I mean, look, Ron, <laughs> Eric, Eric, when you came out, we didn't have a tent because we were all camping up in the woods and there was nobody around anyway. We didn't need a tent for it. And Ryan, you know, when you were with us, we were in cabins. So you know, yeah, I mean, we don't need a Cat- tent because we 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 were out. We were out in tens, and a bison that morning jumped over the fucking fence into our campground. It didn't jump over the fence into the campground. It went through the fence into the campground. It no, no. Over the fence <laughs> the other bison out. that it, it rammed <laughs> went through the fence. Then that bison that got rammed through the fence jumped over the fence to it get did, out of the campground. To get Correct. out. It was insane. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's on yeah. YouTube. I recorded that shit. Yeah. Cabin my ass. <laughs> no, I was talking when we were on the dick. When we were in Montana, we were, we were in cabins. But uh, both tents and cabins. But yeah, yeah, um, it was interchangeable. Maybe. The, the the dance tent. You know, I will. Um, I'll admit though, and maybe this is giving away a secret. But uh, every the last night of every meeting of the Society of Vertebrate Paleontology, there is a dance party. I feel like there's. Oh quotes. yeah, I mean, when the, you say the society, that's pretty normal for like a convention at a ho- you know at a hotel somewhere yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, there's always a dance party. Yeah, that, there's that a makes DJ sense, huh? and. <laughs> Yeah, there's there's uh, there was like a a photo booth and bubbles or something like that one year. It was kind of was kind of weird. <laughs> I honestly, I don't know. I, I go to really I remember. Go to, I think I go to I actually kind of of America. I don't see that. I go to SVP and it's just like, oh well, there's somebody in a in the T Rex inflatable T Rex costume again. I just hope they're clothed underneath. Yeah, but they're not. They're um, not. <laughs> but. So the other big star of this movie I want to talk about, and we're, we're certainly going to uh, get to Betty White as well, since that was our whole reason for picking this. But before we do, is Stan Winston's 30-foot oh. practical crocodile, 32-foot practical crocodile that they created, the Stan Winston Studios created for this movie. It's a beaut. What did you guys think of, of the croc and of the special effects in general in this? Mm. CGI, eh. But yeah, it's yeah. very... Animatronic. Lacking contrast, it's got uh, that like flatness. Like, oh, this looks like a shitty oil painting and yep, motion. That was, that was 1999 moderate budget CGI. Yeah, yeah. but the I animatronic the is is gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. Like when it fucking was it the animatronic that plowed through the fucking uh, helicopter? Mm-hmm. Mostly, the I yeah. think there's a, a couple shots that were CG or CG assisted at least. But the scene yeah, when, when Oliver Platt's in, in the, the hol- helicopter stuck, it's definitely the the whole time it's the model. That's well, the, also the correct. scene when Oliver Platt is in the water and he turns around and it's like nose mm-hmm. to nose with him. That's animatronic. Well, yeah. Yep. And that's that is a terrifying scene. <laughs> For as much as yeah. you don't like Oliver Platt in this because he's just a douchebag, that is a even though the way the eyes move it they did a really good job on that yeah. yeah it's it's an incredibly good um fake crocodile <laughs> yeah practical effect and um, you know what one of the things i really liked about this is the explanation for why there is a giant 30 foot croc in a, a lake in maine it followed mm-hmm. an old man home we don't know yeah yeah. This, oh, yeah. This shit happens. Know, like, yeah, because sometimes they're found in weird places because they've been moving north. I mean, they could have done a big thing on climate change. Maybe that was an early draft in the script. I don't know. If they would, if it were to be totally redone today, maybe one of those dumb sequels have done this. But yeah, you could totally bring climate change into that, like ah, oh, changing currents and blah. Um, but 
you know, the, I, I love that about this, and I still do like it. Where it's like they don't do mm. a big reveal. It's just yeah. Sometimes these things. I mean, really, it was the same thing with Jaws, right? What's a yeah. what's a great white shark doing in you know New England? I don't know. They, it, it just it just is. Right. That's part of the fear. That's part of the scary thing. Is what if this thing did just accidentally migrate? Yeah, I, I feel like this movie has a, a few points where it's actually pretty science. I'm gonna call it science friendly, not accurate, because it doesn't really have any you know any real like science quote unquote in it at all. Um, but I think it's it's interesting in the the route the movie takes. Is first of all the explanations all seem like the bit of explanations you get all seem pretty plausible uh like the way that you know people in these positions may actually deal with a situation like this and in the end uh, the, the the scientists actually kind of win in this one and the Yay, you know, instead of yeah instead of like where you where you think it's gonna go where most of these movies go is they're gonna try and capture it Half the crew is going to get eaten. They're going to decide finally that they have to blow the thing up, and they're going to blow it up, and that's going to be the end of the movie. That's most of these movies. Uh, in this one, they try to capture it. They have a bit of a disaster. Uh, second croc shows up in a really nice twist that you don't see coming. I actually think is pretty done pretty well. And um, still didn't kill Hector. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, Fucking I was rooting for that. him to go down. Yeah. I actually kind of half remembered that he did die in this movie, and I was re disappointed when he didn't. So, um, <laughs> go back like, to your fan fiction. It's it yeah. was better. And the, I'll go back to mine. But yeah, in the end, they they end up successfully capturing this croc, and they're moving it, you know, to, into captivity. To you know, so that's an interesting twist. I think the whole thing takes a different a different angle on this type of movie and then they probably deliberately from a screenwriting perspective were trying to be different from jaws and from all the its predecessors yeah. but well um, I, I agree about the science friendly too because there's a couple of lines like when somebody's like oh it's a it's a saltwater crocodile they can't live in fresh water and you know he just responds going yeah well that'll be our little secret because yes <laughs> saltwater crocodiles can go into fresh water they spend a lot of their time there actually so yeah <laughs> um you know it, it's those kind of things I thought were really cool that they at least included. It wasn't that over the top. And it's, as far as it just being big, why is it big? Well, because it's been the only thing living here, and it's eating whatever it wants. That's what happens yeah. with reptiles. Well, they, although we come they, to find out it's been being fed. It's been <laughs> like being livestock. Fed. Yeah. Yes. So. I think it's time to bring out Miss White. It, yeah. I think so. Yeah, the, 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 the secret weapon of this movie. Yeah, a secret exactly. weapon and probably the the primary source of the at least the funniest moments in, in this movie is uh the late great Betty White herself playing Mrs. Bickerman, who is a old woman who lives on the lake. The only people that live on, on Black Lake, uh, where this crocodile is found and has been feeding along with her husband prior to him getting eaten, but feeding the crocodile. Including um, her husband. Feeding yeah. her husband. <laughs> Uh, for years, and probably a lot of the reason why it's grown to the size it has, because she's feeding it cows on a regular basis. Um, well, I mean, that's it. That's the reason it's here, and it's the most realistic cause of anything. If anyone who has these older people in their lives, I fucking sure the fuck do, is that <laughs> fucking grandma has been feeding this fucking stray. Yeah, and I'm like, it's like oh my god, feed this the is both cats my and like the yeah. yes. It, this is like, oh my god, this is both my grandma and my dad. My dad would be the reason that there's a giant fucking crocodile in a lake. He's just like, well, it's not going to tell anyone about it. they kill it. Yeah. <laughs> 32 fucking feet. Probably should. <laughs> it's... Yeah. I, I will say, though, yeah. out of all of the scenes with the croc, her feeding it is one of my favorites. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just because the way it's just sitting there, almost like a puppy waiting, it's it's really kind of cute. Um, <laughs> and actually, I do all the the scene a bit before it where it uh, it you first see the crocodile when it eats the bear mm -hmm. is actually a really good scene. <laughs> it's it's a little it's a good jump scare. Yeah. Um. But yeah, her actually feeding the cow to the crocodile is 
something it's kind of adorable <laughs> the way it sits there and like mouth open waiting um oh yeah and she you could tell like from even just from her performance that there there's a relationship that she and her husband probably too had had with this crocodile as they were kind of like taking care of it and feeding yeah. it and yeah well and then the end the end scene as well with her feeding the babies so oh yeah <laughs> um but yeah, Betty Betty White in this is hilarious because she's kind of cast against type. Um, she's you, you know a lot of her roles have been. I don't know if always a sweet old lady, but you know she's sweet uh, and aloof. Yeah. yeah. Um, and she's definitely neither of those things here. She's very well, and you find out that she's you know she's hiding this this whole thing from everybody the whole time. She's been feeding and sustaining these crocs. She actually, I, I'm sure she already knows there's there's. A breeding population too so that there's more than one of them mm-hmm. um, so they've been taking care of them and uh yeah she just plays this uh kind of secretive uh foul-mouthed old lady and she's hilarious in the role so yeah so. and you know i mean if you look at old interviews with betty she always had a very very quick wit very mm-hmm. interviews sure. there's yeah. there's a, a since her passing there's it's been great to see a lot of her performances and her comedy and her her interviews getting circulated around the internet and one of them with her and Joan Rivers Joan Rivers covering I believe it was the Tonight Show and Betty White was on and the two of them go back and forth for like 15 minutes just ripping on each other one just off the cuff very quick <laughs> boom 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 just really really funny stuff on both their parts mm-hmm. and just how how incredibly funny these women were and and still are you know like this comedy still works today and it so i guess knowing that in retrospect it shouldn't be a big surprise that betty would have been so good at this very simple role yeah but nobody'd seen i mean she was rose from the golden girls to an entire generation Mm -hmm. yeah you know i think when i saw this i all i knew her from was the golden girls because yeah, Golden Girls and Mama's Family growing up is what I remember seeing her on. Was she on Mama's like, Family? Yeah. yeah, from time to time. I think huh. she was, uh, you know. I didn't know that. Huh. I mean, I know she was on uh, Mary Tyler Moore, right? Mm-hmm. That was another yeah, show. That, yeah, I, I, and I caught some of that in syndication, uh, like on Nick at Night or but whatever. I think we Golden kids, Girls yeah. was the big one. I mean, that's what yes. I really oh, yeah. knew her from and knew her type of character, her type of comedy is like this kind of ditzy, flaky old lady kind of a thing. And to see her in this was with this, the stuff coming out of her mouth was just <laughs> totally unexpected. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, you know, and at, and at the time, that matched with the sarcastic joke joking that's going on between all the other characters it just worked really well for the time and it's been funny that you know over over time some of the special effects have faded an entire majority of the humor of this has faded but hers still works oh yep. yeah yeah <laughs> it's like the animatronics and and betty white still work it's like a testament of what's the best what was the golden age of hollywood when you had anima- good Betty animatronics White animatronic. and Betty White. Yeah. That's what we well, need to have is Brendan the Betty Gleason. White animatronic, and it's a set. Can yeah. we get a 32-foot animatronic Betty, Betty White? White. Yeah, yeah. Made, by, made by Stan Winston. <laughs> uh, it just We'll have that tour across the country on the back of a truck. Just make it the giant robot from Squid Game. But it's <laughs> Betty White yelling out red light, green light. I, that's that's a piece of modern fucking art right there. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean she she's great in this, and her comic timing is perfect, and the she works very well. I mean she's very aware that she's against type, um, so I don't know if you know what was scripted and and what what they just let her, you know, with a part like that, maybe they just let her do her thing. Uh, I'm not sure, but um, she certainly had had the wit and. Uh, the quick-wittedness to, to mm-hmm. do that if it was improvised in any way but um yeah i don't know it's a great performance and, and when she passed like obviously i think the first thing you think of when you hear betty white is golden girls but uh certainly the second thing that came into my mind right away was this performance from lake placid so that's yeah. why we we kind of pigeoned or got this movie on the schedule right away to kind of 
uh, pay tribute to her in, a, in a, a great, you know, it's a very supporting performance. She's only in a few scenes, but um, she's certainly, it's like the one thing besides the, the cool, you know, the really great looking crocodile that I remember from this movie. So I didn't remember much else about it uh, except for I, you know, misremember that Oliver Platt got eaten by a crocodile, so had the Mandela effect on that one. So. I, see, that's thing. I remember Oliver Platt being funny in this, and I rewatched yeah, me it too. and went, <laughs> yeah, I, th- I would have thought that was funny in 1999. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I think Ryan hit the nose on the, uh, hit the nail on the head with, uh, I think his, his interplay with Brendan Gleeson, like their, their like kind of buddy comedy thing that they were doing is funny. I think that yeah. all works really well. Yeah. Well, uh, so he's it's, not. It's a slapstick like situation where he, uh, Gleason keeps falling for his oh, fucking God, booby the traps. Traps that that I actually wrote down that might be next to Betty White the funniest thing in this movie is Brendan Gleason hitting those traps all the time. So, just a simple slapstick thing. <laughs> yeah. I feel like you could have ended the movie with him chasing. Uh, him chasing him out of the woods, and then there's a freeze frame. Then you play like the '80s, like classic <laughs> credits roll. Dun 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 dun. dun. You have yeah. a dancing crocodile like the end of Caddyshack, and like and yeah. Betty White sticking her go. feet and feeding in the water, feeding <laughs> little baby crocodiles. Freeze frame. It's just like, yeah, that's how this should have ended. Yeah. This is the strangest. So this is what Rose did after the Golden Girls and her retirement. Just <laughs> there you go. Tie it into some Betty White head cannon there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was. Uh, I guess anybody else have anything that we really wanted to say about Lake Placid before we start tying this thing up? I, I'm good. Um, I'm ready. I, I. So like the the ending was just something that I always thought it always stuck in my mind too. Not just the a little silly reveal at the end where she's feeding all the little cute baby crocodiles but i just the having that giant one which is clearly just a model but sitting on the back of a semi-truck you know, strapped oh, really- down and sedated as they haul it across the the highway or down the highway is um it's just a, an image that that always kind of stuck with me um just like because you that's really the first time you really get to see the full thing Mm-hmm. And you know, with something for scale, in this case, a semi truck. Uh, so yeah, that was just kind of—it's a cool shot at the very end. Yeah, what a thirty-foot crocodile might actually look like compared to. <laughs> All I, I could do think, think about is Go like ahead, the footage, because the way they shoot it is like a, a like the truck is actually driving through like rural America. And it pans away, like, on a helicopter shot. But all I could think is, like, what about the cars that actually drove past that, like, and did not know a movie was being <laughs> shot? Just, like, Jesus, fuck. That's a, is yeah, that a real they, alligator? All they probably see is, like, the truck with the alligator on it, then a whole, like, camera unit, and then probably a helicopter for the aerial shots hovering over it. Yeah, is you probably th- think for a second, like, that's a real 30-foot crocodile right there. Is that the, <laughs> is, is that the crocodile from Hook? Is Dennis Hoffman still inside of it? <laughs> Well, and that's, you know, the, I was going to bring up, what is it about if you're going to have a giant crocodile, it's got to be 30 feet. That's like the standard (laughs) for big croc. And, you know, I think of the movie Alligator, which I would love to review Mm -hmm. on the show sometime if we can actually finally get it on DVD. Yeah, Um, it's actually just been uh, re-released. Yeah, I was going to shortly. Is that a Scream Factory release? I think so, yeah. It's, yeah, yep. That's a great one, and that's definitely re re worth revisiting. Um, but then you've got films like Crocodile and Lake Placid, and it's always a thirty foot croc. And even in Hook, if you look at the the big mounted crocodile, it's about thirty feet. And it's like you know that we have ones in the fossil record that are bigger. <laughs> so they should have probably had a real paleontologist on site. Then it's like you do know, <laughs> you, you you can go bigger. You you yeah. could you could go maybe forty. You know, get a little. No. I mean, even Sarcosuchus um, or Dinosuchus, yeah, you can, you can go bigger. Well, even uh, Oliver Platt, uh, the Hector's the Hector character even says like some of them I've even seen go up to twenty feet. When he says that, it's like okay, so it's just, so thirty feet doesn't really sound too far off. Then it's only ten more feet, and it's like I guess that's more. But I mean, if something's willing to go twenty, why not? I don't know. Yeah, I think they were trying to give it. 
and I'm not sure why in this movie, but they seem to try to, to ground this in some reality. And I think yeah. they were trying to give it to, like, if you can buy a 20-foot croc, then you can buy a 30-foot croc. Like, if that's... Right. If, you know, they've been discovered in the wild at 20 feet, and we can state that as a fact, then 30 seems believable. Well, right. It's like, yeah, that's the record holder, until it's not. Mm-hmm. And it's just that kind of simple. And, and I, I, I actually appreciate that still about this movie, that it doesn't... It doesn't take itself too seriously, but it it ta- it takes some efforts to at least make something somewhat believable, or they don't just try to explain it away with some ridiculous, you know, mumbo jumbo, like oh, it's radiated or something, you know, <laughs> grew to monstrous sizes, it's, you know, like rampage or something. No, it's just ah, it's just a big freak of nature, so to speak, in a place it doesn't belong. That's it. Yeah, you know, just as I mean, simple as that. They did have that one brief moment with, uh, with talking about how Hector actually like believes them as to be like gods, and yeah. then there's that weird little dialogue like, "Did you just face it? So you wanted it to judge you? Yeah, is that so wrong?" I'm like, can we move on past this? I'm like, we get it. <laughs> well, He's that's weird. You know, that's <laughs> kind of. I guess that's what I, I kind of appreciated about it. Looking back, like I was saying before, like you work with some of these individuals that are there for different motives. Yeah, some of their motives are a little kooky, odd. and I, I can never <laughs> right. say I've never met anybody like that specifically. But the, you know, there there is just it's a different motivation, and you you do have to be a bit crazy and eccentric, and you'd have to believe some weird shit in some of these cases. I did like though after his Oliver Platt's character's interaction with the croc in the water, and he comes back and he's defensive about yeah, so what. You get back in the water? Oh, God, no, I'm not getting back in the water. <laughs> no, 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 I'm not getting back in the water. I like no, that. No. I met my threshold. Yeah. Um, I mean... like I may be crazy, but I'm not stupid. <laughs> so. But, yeah, no, I, I guess I could move right into, uh, into, into grades. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Um, so, yeah, you know, this is one that's always been... It's always been fun to revisit, but I've noticed the last couple of you know, years, like decade or so, revisiting it, it doesn't have the same impact. And like a lot of other movies that we talk about here in the podcast, reviewing something you've seen many, many times, but specifically reviewing it as a critique, uh, does change the way you look at it. In this case, a lot of the humor in Lake Placid just doesn't hold up very well. Um, and, and a lot of that, I hate to say, really does come from Oliver Platt's character. Uh, there's some just cringy, bizarre sexual stuff. I'm not saying, of course, that sex can't be funny, but some of his lines are just <laughs> dumb and just, just yeah. creepy or cringy and just uncomfortable and well, unbelievable. Anyone, um, anyone who uses the term "mate" when referring to yes, have sex, with we were hoping we were hoping to mate. I'm thinking mm-hmm. more of when he's in the canoe and he just randomly yells out about Bridget Fonda's character of, of Kelly. Did she tell you that we had sex? And she gets very oh, defensive, yeah. saying, "No, we didn't." He goes, "Well, I'm terrible in bed. They never remember." I'm like, what? Where are you going with that line? Like, what's? How is that a? What's the joke there? Is is it right. on yourself? Is it making her uncomfortable? It's just it was. It's a weird byproduct of the over the top nonsense, sarcastic and snide script. Um, ultimately, that I think was used for humor. Looking back from 1999 to. 2022 um yeah in this case a lot of the the humor doesn't really work because none of the characters are likable you you it's kind of a seinfeld effect um so why should you watch lake placid if you must well you need to watch it for betty white and for the really cool stan winston crocodile and yeah put aside the fact that yeah the, the the humor is dated some of the lines will still make you chuckle um it's not a horrible movie, but it's also not very good. And I'm going to go ahead and just give this one a good basic C right in the middle. Uh, yeah. is where I'm going to land on this one. What about you, Ryan? Uh, I got that echo chamber of what Joe was kind of saying. It's the same notes. Uh, I did not see this prior, of course. This was the first time viewing, and it's just like, nah. <laughs> but the same thing. It's just like, watch it. Uh, the characters are just... God, I really was disappointed that not one of them died. Um, <laughs> like, 
nothing against Gleason's character. Like, you like him the most, but only because it's like, you're the one I like, the, dislike the least. Or whatever, you know? It's just like... Okay. <laughs> but Kelly, Kelly and Hector always, like, neck and neck. Kelly was taken over for a while, and then once Hector came into the play, it's just like, ugh. Uh, and then, you know, uh, Betty White's, God, Betty White's a treasure. She, there's a reason that she, she gained the, the, the affection that she has uh, across everyone in our generation. Like, we, we, we see her as the deity-like figure, like Hector sees crocodiles. <laughs> so, I hope in my afterlife... When I'm floating, when I find out that I'm floating into some kind of great beyond, that I have to turn behind me and notice a giant thirty foot, thirty two foot tall Betty White looking at me, like nose to nose, and judges me, and that is what determines uh, that I make it through. But until then, I guess I'm uh, stuck watching movies like Lake Placid, going like, yeah, this is a this is a C movie. Ah, it's C minus actually. Fuck it, C minus. Betty White, A+. Plus. rest of the movie, C-. Minus. <laughs> um, I don't think I can add more to that. Yeah, and it's going to be pretty pretty uh, echo chambery in here tonight, so um, I'm kind of with a lot of the same, in the same place as you guys. It's, it's a pretty cliche monster movie. It's kind of by the numbers in a lot of ways, but... I don't know, it does end up getting some laughs, and even some of the stuff that, you know, is dated, or some of the, like, slapstick silly stuff that goes on is is funny, but only some of it, not all of it, and at other times it's kind of uncomfortable and weird, so, uh, 90s movies have a way of doing that when you rewatch them, For I we found yes. out, so. Yeah, they do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it, uh... I think it's a great and fitting tribute to Betty White because it's it's a very video junkyard type movie that she happened to be in. So I'm glad we very. got to watch it uh, for that reason. But all, all said and done, this is a, it's a totally watchable movie, but it's just not fantastic. It's uh, what is fantastic about it is like you said, Betty in the Croc. So <laughs> Betty in the Croc coming this like fall. A good, yeah, I'd go <laughs> see that movie. So yeah. um, I think I'm gonna give it a C as well. I'm gonna. Ah, sea right, dogs right there with you guys so yeah so it's, uh, it's pretty rare we're unanimous on on a movie but this is unanimously mediocre so <laughs> it, it really is like <laughs> it is i i would like to think that it's a load of crock you know if if yeah. there is if there is some kind of an afterlife and bob saget has just transcended into that and he finds himself being judged the person judging him before he has entered into heaven or whatever an afterlife the person judging him is Betty White. 32 <laughs> foot tall Betty White. And I, I think that wherever that place is, it just got a little bit cooler. So, uh, But we would love to know what any of our listeners think of Lake Placid, Betty White's performance, Brendan Gleeson trying to mask an Irish accent, and uh, Bill Pullman <laughs> looking like he gives a shit. Uh, as you also watch Lake Placid, and please feel free to send any of those questions, comments, criticism, or witticism to the Video Junk Air Podcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter at Video Junk Pod or find us on Facebook and the main Video Junk Air Podcast page or the Video Junk Air Podcast group. If you write it, we'll read it, and we would love to hear from you. And if you like what you hear, uh, head over to visit us on our Patreon page at patreon.com slash videojunkyardpodcast, uh, where you can make a small donation to help us continue to create this wonderful podcast that you love so much. And, uh, yeah, that wasn't full of myself at all. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, any uh, donations we do receive do, do go directly back into the podcast, and um, there are some great perks if you do sign up with us there. Uh, either way, we do appreciate you being here and hope you will come back next week for um, the 1970s snake thriller. Yeah, that's what the movie's called with an exclamation point. Uh, following that, we're going to have a two part Valentine's Day special. We're going to focus on awkward love stories. We're going to watch some Australian movies. That's literally the only thing that tied the two together. But hey, they're both Australian, and uh, they're going to be on the show. And uh, we're also going to watch some, um, what what do we call them, Ghostbusters substitutes. Things that kind of are in the same vein as the Ghostbusters films, but uh, 
uh, are better or worse, or uh, we'll find out. Template, when we... yeah. Scientific yeah. buddy comedies. We'll I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll yeah, have to kind of come up with a name for what that, that is exactly. Thing. Yeah, but anyway, uh, come back and join us. We'd love to have you back here on the Video Junkyard Podcast. We'd love to thank you once again for listening to the Video Junk Air Podcast. If you like what you heard, and I'm sure that you have, you'll want to share this around with your friends and family. Please do so. And until next time, this is the Video Junk Air Podcast. I'm Joe Peterson. I'm Eric Branson. And I'm Ryan Siskel. And uh, to change things up in honor of Betty White, uh, me and the guys like to end this episode with the best of Betty White from Lake Placid. If I had a dick, this is where I'd tell you to suck it. You have been listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast. I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for dinner. You just can't let them go? Go! Stay on the road. Keep clear to the moors. We want to take this opportunity to thank you for listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast and remind you to find us on social media on Facebook at facebook.com slash videojunkyardpodcast, on Twitter at videojunkpod, and on Instagram as videojunkyardpodcast, all one word. want to thank you again for listening, and keep digging. Who knows what treasures you'll find in the Video Junkyard. 